say I don't allow myself to do things that don't give me energy and give yourself permission to do that. And then when you go from meeting to meeting and have tasks or activities or projects and you just keep going to them, like the amount of compounding forward momentum is just, it's immeasurable. And then you end up like start building your business and it's like, oh, I should have been doing this a long time ago. Welcome to Bullish where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington and welcome to Bullish. All right, Dan Martell, welcome to the show. Dude. Good to so have you good here. To be, good to be here. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's with the Nike shoes? Because I'm not a shoe guy. I wear the same shoe all the time, but mm. you obviously like Nikes. We, uh, so in our company, me and my co-founder, anytime, you know when you like have success in business, yeah. you want to go buy something. Like yeah. when you make a lot of money, like I got to do something with the money. Yeah, you got to get a possession to reward Yeah, you're like, yeah. I got to get it. Some people buy cars or Rolexes or planes or whatever. Uh, for us, we're like, let's just buy a pair of shoes. So when we first hit our, like our first, it was like $100,000 a day, we bought a pair of shoes and we were like so excited. We hit our first million what, what dollars. What pair of shoe was it? I bought a Nike React, just shoes that okay. I wanted. They weren't anything particular. But you're but they a basketball just, guy. Clearly. I like, I like, yeah, yeah I like shoes All and right. this stuff. So we bought some Nike Reacts, and then we'd sign the shoe, like of the date, the time, what we did. Like you know, athletes yeah. do that. So we'd sign the shoe, and then we put, like I have on my wall now. I have that that shoe, and I I wear them all the time. So like I wear them. So we did our event fun launch. Time. We had two thousand people show up. Uh, in Miami. So I'll, I wore a pair of shoes on stage that were brand new. They're one-on-one -on -one custom shoes that our guy made for us. And then I signed them after like, as like a momentum of a like- A guy made you those shoes? Yeah, he put up, they, we have a cool guy that makes all these custom shoes. He puts our logo on Is he like a TikTok guy? I've seen these guys that do, yeah. Yeah, this one, he puts out a lot of content. So we then started to do that for our community. So this is like an example of a pair of shoes. These are like custom carbon fiber. We'll have them paint them. So any anybody in our program that gets over $10 million Where's in their the fund. Where's the carbon? Right there, that's gold, the carbon fiber. So you can pull that shoe next to you too if you grab that one. That one's kind of got um Dude, I'm not that cool. Gold leaf, this is cool. This has their name on it and stuff. So this is this is an award we give out to anybody in our group that gets over like, $10. Like I've never put a yeah. pair of these shoes on my feet. Are they like super comfortable? They must be. These ones? Now they're a little clunky. Are little they? Big. This this okay. one particular. I put a, little, a pair of Gucci's big. on once and I was like, <laughs> what shoes do you this? wear? Uh, they're on cloud, you know, the on cloud. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. They're running shoes that are yeah. white kicks. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I'm a comfort kind of guy. Like mm -hmm. even my clothes, I wear the same thing. It's all athletic apparel. Yeah. This company kit and ace. Yeah. It's, you're just uh, feeling good. Yeah. Well, just, if just I need to, we, we stopped and oh, did some yeah. pushups. Like I want to, <laughs> I don't want to feel restricted. <laughs> yeah. You got to get, yeah. You yeah. got to feel good. So these are probably a little too clunky for you, but yeah, these, and we had a floating, you know, have you seen those floating shoe display cases? You seen I've before? seen that with the Mac. It's like yeah, a magnet yeah. or something. So we yeah. had, we bought a bunch of those and we'll have those float and stuff and keep them as an award. I love it. Yeah. We've had fun with that. So I've, like, I still, we have, I have some goals in our company that like I'm waiting. And once we hit them, like I know the pair of shoes What's I'm buying. What's the cost of the next pair of shoe you're going to buy? That one. Uh, Is it like a 10 K? No, that's gonna be like a four thousand dollars shoe though. Okay. We have me and Mason. Are, have there's ten K shoes. Is there ten K shoes? There's some, yeah. Like you can buy like Dior's or I'm not a big sneakerhead. I'll go yeah. look on goat and stuff. But there's you'd rather some. have multiple ones instead of one ten K. I mean, or we could buy them. I just don't like how those ones look. Yeah. I I am I almost don't care as much about the price as much as just Stop. how they look I and how they that. feel. So it's like cars. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like oh, I just like that one. Yeah. Rather than like oh it's this brand or this tile. Like, yeah. No, I just that one's cool to me. So that's cool. Anyways, that's kind of the shoe thing. What do you do? You had a big uh, business award, like you hit something big. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, essentially my whole thing is, most people know me as a software guy. So like you guys do the fun stuff, mm -hmm. I do the SaaS stuff. So anybody in software from Alex at Hyro, so Becker, mm -hmm. um, I've worked with Ryan Dice. Did you you worked with Lebeck. Becker? I've worked with every, like 
Most tell people, me that. Can you tell me that story? So if you guys don't know, what listen, Hyros. Yep. Alex Becker is just a, I mean, I, he probably did other stuff, but I followed him on YouTube. I actually followed yeah. him. Yep. And Alex, he just would make these funny these videos. Crazy he was the videos. guy in his garage that was doing these funny videos with his car. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he's like, I'm going underground for nine months. I'm going to build this thing that does tracking for ads. We're like, okay. Yeah. He emerges after nine months with Hyros. Yep. He sells it for an extreme price. Yeah, it's like 100. I think the number was like 140 million. Yeah, well, per per like for us, sign up was like five thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the price to buy as a customer. So price to buy yeah, as a yeah. customer, and yeah. you pay like it's like a thousand, two thousand dollars a month to use his software. He mm-hmm. did a, how much? In, it was 130 million. It, it yeah. I mean, essentially, they did a merger and then went public. Um, and you know, I know some of the. I gotta I gotta be careful what I share, but I mean, yeah. I mean, like the cool thing about software and the reason I think a lot of people decide to get into it is that if you can figure out what's called the uh, unit economics, essentially like how to scale. And that's what he figured out. I mean, if you can get to a place where you, ha- where you have a positive cash conversion cycle and a CAC payback period, this mm-hmm. lesson, I'm not hoping not, this is people. No, that's great. Yeah, no, this I is nerdy. Yeah, keep going. Okay, keep cool. Going. Yeah. Um, then th- it's also a way to bootstrap. So like ClickFunnels did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked with Todd and um, Dave before he was passing. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's just always what I've done. And I've always been kind of the behind the scenes guy. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. So back to your original question, you hit a big payday, big success. What do you do? Yeah. Uh, oh, you're saying if I exit, what do I do? Yeah. Like you, like Dan Martell, you have yeah. a big day. You yeah. made a lot of money for you. Oh, what do you do? Do you go I to do? dinner? Do you like, what do you, like we buy oh, shoes. What do you do to celebrate? That's funny. I thought you were like asking me like, what do I do? And I'm like software stuff. Oh, no, I'll get it now. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, Bridger, we, <laughs> we know each other pretty well. <laughs> like this interview's um, off yeah, to a what bad do start. Do? <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you do to celebrate? A big day. Dude, I'm so funny because like I don't have, okay, what would I do to celebrate? Um, I like high-end sushi. Mm, yeah, okay. definitely like high-end. Oh my God, now you got me thinking yeah. like some nice high-end hamachi. I, mm. I I would probably get on my plane, go to Vancouver to the nicest sushi restaurant, bring the people that were involved in, in the thing. Mm, do a little trip. Yeah, yeah. do a little trip. Uh, stay at some baller penthouse. Um, yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm an experienced guy. I'm not a, mm. I'm not a purchase guy. Yeah. The things that I've wanted to buy, I've bought, and I don't lo- I don't need a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like one of my mentors once said, you can only sit your butt in one seat at a time. So if you're not that into cars, I like cars. I have a McLaren. I enjoy driving it, but I don't need 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'm more of a experiential. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, I like it and share. I, I I could not see a world where I enjoy winning with not having other people around me. Mm, yeah, That's my fa- literally my favorite thing to do is make people really wealthy. Mm. Like, and I'm unapologetic. I come into the office sometimes like, why am I not writing you a bigger check? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, I know. And I'm like, dude, I want I want your yeah, wife to it. think I'm the coolest person in the world because it's unlocked so much awesome stuff at your in your home mm-hmm. that she's like, hey keep doing whatever Dan's teaching you. Like, you know what I mean? So that's been my favorite thing since I've been like 24. It's just building companies in a way that everybody gets to win. They say 90% of millionaires were made through real estate, but did you know that over 93% of billionaires are made through private equity or funds? Now, my name is Bridger Pennington. I'm the founder of three different investment funds. We help hundreds of people around the world launch and scale their very own funds. Funds like property buying funds, hedge funds, debt funds, private equity funds, venture capital funds, funds that can go out and change the world. So if you're curious about launching your very own fund, we're actually hosting a three-day launch your fund challenge. 
We're bringing some of the top fund managers around the world, multi-billion and even deca-billion dollar fund managers to come and teach and coach on how to start and scale your very own fund. Now, the best part of this whole challenge, I'm a big believer in decentralizing Wall Street, helping more people understand this education. I was the beneficiary of having an amazing dad and brother that both work and manage their very own funds. So we're doing this completely for free. This is a three-day challenge to get your fund, the thesis built to see if an explore around the funds and actually ultimately launch your fund, raise capital and help you figure out this entire game. So if you're interested, click link down below and I will see you guys inside. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's talk about your book. Before you didn't know this till today, I've read your book. I loved so cool. it. I had a friend recommend it. He's like, you know, Dan Martin. I'm like, yeah, I've heard of him. You actually joined our program a few years 100%, ago with Fun Launch, and I saw your name come through. Like, oh, like is that the Dan Martell? And this is years ago. I was like, oh, cool. And then we kind of connected through that, and then I read your book, and I absolutely loved it. Actually, this morning I did a training with my sales guys, and I said, hey, there's 2,000 hours in a year. What's your hourly rate? Yes. And then break that down. We did like 100. If you make 100,000 hours a year, let's devote. 25% to buying your time back, yes, which is exactly sir. what you talked about yeah, in the book. buyback rate. Uh, the buyback rate. And um, so I'm just telling you, first off, I'm a fan. This gives you people that are listening a little bit of teaser of the book. Walk us through though, how this is compounded over your life. So the idea of you take 25% of your annual income, mm. you use it to buy back your time and you compound that over years. Um, yeah, it's funny because Lowen, uh, my video guy, he asked me in the drive this morning, he goes like, uh, you know, what, what's your buyback rate? I'm like, dude, I, I don't know the scale, like at the scale. So like eat, when you do this at the highest level, you get to a point where it's no longer about buying back your time. It's about looking at your energy. Okay. Mm, so like okay. my whole philosophy and what I think people are like, is that a productivity book? I'm like, yes, but also other stuff. I look at it time and energy, right? I think that most entrepreneurs end up building companies they grow to hate. Mm, I think that most CEOs um, hit this thing called the pain line, which essentially is a place where growing anymore will feel hard, painful. Mm -hmm. their, their calendar gets chaotic. And in those moments, we decide to either stall, sell, or sabotage, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, the funny ones are sabotage because it's psychological, you know, where they'll make a decision to create a big bunch of chaos to then fail, but then mm -hmm. blame the thing, but never look in the mirror and say like, you made that decision, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So my whole thing about buying back our time is yes, first and foremost, you know, million dollar companies were not built off $10 tasks. So let's start there. So like even a sales example, one of my top sales guys in, in SaaS Academy, my other company, um, Wendell, I hope I'm not speaking out of school. He'd be probably proud that I shared this. He was making like 400 grand a year, like double everybody else as a sales mm -hmm. rep. And everybody goes, well, how did he do it? And he told them like, I took the money Dan pays me, bought back my time by hiring Samantha. He asked if it was okay. Mm. So he hired his own assistant to yeah. log into the CRM, to nurture, cultivate, follow up, process, onboard deals mm -hmm. so that he could spend 35 hours a week on the phone doing yep. the thing only he could do. Yep. And everybody else saw him do it. Everybody kept seeing him at the top of the leaderboard. Everybody kept hearing about it. And then he, then he made so much money. I love him. He ended, mm -hmm. he ended up leaving to go be VP of sales at um, a fund, actually, a software fund. Mm, cool. And um, when he was leaving, because like he was with me for maybe four or five years, he uh, ended, he because he came to me one time, he's like in his like early 30s. He goes, what do I do with all this money? Right? Because he was frugal. He lived in Bangor, Maine. Okay. Mm, small okay. town. Yeah. I said, dude, real estate. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, how do I figure it out? I said, go go hire somebody like me in real estate. And he yeah. went and found a guy. And dude, he ended up, I think when he left, he had like 20 doors. Like he, he's, yeah, cool. he's yep. now created wealth 
following the exact same playbook I teach everybody else that anybody in a company, if they want to scale and expand, can do for themselves. Well, so I the love biggest, that you taught to your sales guys. Yeah, it's the biggest misclaimer. You think this only applies to a business owner because you're hiring people. My wife, uh, her first job, she was getting paid $40 an hour. Not her first job, but she had worked up to that. I said, I said, honey, let's let's go hire somebody for $19 an hour to do all your tasks. And so we started to outsource and we didn't even tell her boss. No, they don't We just started doing it. They don't need to know. You no. just build your own little company beneath you. And all of a sudden your output just compounds and all of a sudden you're the top sales rep or the top whatever in your company and everyone's asking why. And you go, How well, I've you do it? built a little, almost a little company beneath myself making, you know, $200,000 a year for a solopreneur just on your it's own company would money, be good. Man. That'd yeah. be real good. And you could hire people out, but people, some people in a salary job don't perceive that they can even do that or that's a possibility. No. One of the, the quotes from your book, and I want to get your, um, your feedback on this or just thoughts, you know, the buyback principle, don't hire to grow your business, hire to buy back your time. Successful people aren't doing what they love because they're rich. They're rich because they've learned to do what they love and only what they love. Dude, it's everything. Any entrepreneur that people admire, you name me, the Elon Musk, the Oprah's, the Warren Buffett's, et cetera. Every one of them, when you watch, the people are like, well, Elon Musk uh, sleeps in his factory, da, 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 da. Let's, let's talk about Elon. He has a CEO that runs SpaceX. He's decided when I look, when he looks at his calendar, what lights me up that creates the most value for the companies involved in, because that's the time and energy out I talk about in the mm -hmm. book. He's decided, and he says it publicly, I am the chief engineer. I solve hard engineering problems. Do you think he's in the factory cleaning the floor? No, he's in the factory trying to figure out how to make the Model 3 production line work. Right now he's working on the, the truck, right? He's mm -hmm. like, so I think what people don't understand that it's, it's you don't hire people just at capacity, right? I call it a calendar, not a capacity problem, mm -hmm. is you look at it through not only like what tasks do I do that generate revenue, right? Like CEOs, if you're starting off, you should be looking at your calendar and saying, what of this week actually moves the needle forward mm -hmm. revenue wise? And anything I could pay somebody else less, you know, my buyback rate to pay is a smart move, whether it feels awkward. Cause a lot of people, I don't know, Bridger, when you started, like you kind of feel weird. It's like, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I feel like people are going to think weird if I don't do it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's weird to delegate all these money, money beliefs, yeah. all these money beliefs, right? That but first hire too is the weirdest feeling like. Well, it's a big risk too. Yeah. You're taking a big part of your paycheck to hire somebody. Will it really buy back time or is it just going to be a- Take more time? Yes, is it going to yeah. be hard? All these have... crazy beliefs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I believe that if we can look at our calendar and go from you know, what I call green energy given tasks and avoid the red energy sucking stuff that compounded over the year, you're just going to- Like people think it's- Oh, man, I wish I, I wish I could bring people into my brain. Cause like, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't allow myself. And that's really a better language. It's not that I don't do some people are like, I don't do shit tasks. It's like, no, no, no. Just say, I don't allow myself to do things that don't give me energy and give yourself permission mm -hmm. to do that. And then when you go from meeting to meeting and have tasks or activities or projects, and you just keep going to them, like the amount of compounding forward momentum it's just, it's immeasurable. And then you end up like start building your business and it's mm. like, oh, I should have been doing this a long time ago. And all of a sudden you're on fire. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get that spark of, this is the funnest thing I've ever done. It's not hard. It's and then, not and hard then when opportunities comes, you lean into it, yeah. right? Like you were asking me like, hey, what's your next podcast? I'm like, I don't know why. Cause Sam deals with it because I told him a long time ago, if we're going to do these media tours, I want to be present with Bridger. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know if the, the or driver outside is late or, you know, I don't want to think about lunch. I literally want to do what I love to do, which is talk to cool entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. see their office, figure out how I can be helpful. And then just like 
let the energy flow. So yeah. I just think it's such a, a neat idea. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I wrote this book because when I look at, you know, when I coach entrepreneurs, number one thing they got to figure out to have the time to do the thing I'm going to teach them to do. Yeah. They need the time. They got to yeah. buy back that time. No, it's, it's a phenomenal process. And I like the idea of the energy piece. What actually gives you energy to, I love the Elon Musk example. Um, on here, I, I, uh, I like to go on, well, actually, before I go there, you brought up something interesting about the needle moving opportunities. Um, I believe it was Forbes magazine did a full study on Fortune 500 uh, CEOs. And they, they went and analyzed how much time in their week they spent on a needle moving decision or meeting that really like moved the company forward. Mm. Uh, take a guess, like how many hours in a week or minutes or, you know, for a week. That well, I, I studied Jeff Bezos. He talks a lot about this. So mm. I'm assuming, I mean, he says, if I can make one good decision a day, I've done good. Mm-hmm. So let's call it five hours in a week. Yeah. They, uh, at least Forbes came back. They said it was about 45 minutes a week Wow, was actually spent on needle moving activities. Yeah. And they took, they took that quote and took it to Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett said, oh, that sounds way too high. Yeah. And they went and redid the study and it was about, it was less than 30 minutes a week. Wow. That they actually, they drilled down. Are are you actually moving the needle right now? 30 minutes a week that the average Fortune 500 CEO was spending. So the other 39 and a half or how many hours you work a week, 50 50 hours a week is spent on stuff that probably they could have had somebody else support somebody else doing or somebody else delegating or somebody else working on where they can work on needle moving decision. I love that from Jeff Bezos. One good decision a day though. Dude, he's, he literally, he knows I just wake up. I have my process. I don't rush things. I get myself in a good headspace, right? I consume information to ramp up my mind. I look at the world and I, I, I can only imagine he's creating a context map in his head Mm. of like where the company's at, what the world's doing. And then he sits down with his team and they kind of feed him all the kind of the big strategic stuff. And he just has to be right with one meaningful decision. Cause what I love about his philosophy too, is like, look, I'm not even making decisions for this quarter, this quarter, next quarter, the quarter after that it's baked. I'm making decisions for 18 months in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's another perspective that some entrepreneurs miss because they're still in the day to day that they don't realize if you're doing it right as a CEO, especially if you're like multi seven figure CEO, you should be continuously pushing out where you focus on projects and how those needle moving decisions. We're talking strategic partnerships. We're talking launching new products. We're talking about capital raises mm-hmm. to make sure we never have you know, capital be a constraint. Like we're looking at the things that are gonna block us into the future. The day-to-day kind of takes care of itself. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much. And we'll get back to the show. Let me push back on this for a second though. Like, yeah, that's cool for Jeff Bezos, right? He's got a big team, all the stuff, whatever. Like I'm in a small business. I've got 10 employees or whatever the size is of your business. I can't just show up and say, yeah, I'm just making one decision today. And then I'm gone all day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is you end up filling the rest of the hours with stuff yep. to get done and move. How do you still in a, make it more, make more sense. An example yeah, of a small startup totally. company, how that makes sense. So I help people start all the time. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm like, what are you making? They're like, I don't know, I'm making 150 grand a year. Perfect. The first hire at 150 grand a year, and honestly, even before that, is an admin. Hmm. Okay. And the reason why is I have this framework called the replacement ladder. 
And I remember I was sitting down with a friend and he challenged me. He said, if you're starting over today, you know, like great buybacker time, time and energy, essentially what you said, but what mm -hmm. would the sweet sequence be of those hires? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a great, let me, let me play with this. Let me really test it, challenge it, think about it, back test it, all that stuff. And the sequence I came up with is level one is administrative in nature. Mm. The key though, that most people mess up is they don't unlock the inbox in the calendar. Mm. They don't give that up. And I will tell you from experience, cause I've had virtual mm. assistants yeah. my whole career pretty much. 2004 was when I had my first kind of VA or even before that. Um, but what I didn't do for a really long time until I saw Richard Branson do it was I was still managing the routing. The messages were coming into me. I had a team, I would route. Yeah, you'd route, yep. Richard said, no, no, no. I sit here, Helen sits out there, mm. all messages come to her. When people hear that he doesn't have a cell phone, like legit for probably a long time, he didn't have a cell phone. I heard yeah. he has one now. Wow. Yeah. But be, why? Because all the emails, all the text message, all the faxes went through his assistant. Yeah. She sorted it, routed 90% of it, mm. and only over breakfast for 60 minutes, 90 minutes at the most, do they sit down and actually do, do have yeah. a conversation. And then she executes for the rest of the day on routing. Yeah, cool. So, so level one is admin and most of the to-dos are in your inbox, in your calendar. So give that up. Then level two is doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. So until you can afford to pay somebody to help you with, like I close an account, I give it to an account manager, I onboard it. You got to do that. But I would say the next level to spend money to buy back your time is the delivery side or fulfillment, whatever you want to call it. Mm, and okay. you, and even as a coach, yeah. like you'll still be the person that does the coaching. I'm talking to every other aspect else, of it. Yep, yeah, yep. customer success, accounts receivable, all that stuff, somebody else. Level three is marketing, consistent lead gen. I mean, mm -hmm. Bridger, you know yep. this, man. Entrepreneurs that just, you know, they 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 have no customers. They do a bunch of marketing. They get yep. customers. They get busy. They, yep. they don't yep. get busy. They need it. And it's just this ebb and flow. So building a marketing system that generates leads. Level four of the replacement ladder is sales. And this is this is probably like the um, the hallelujah moment for most entrepreneurs. Interesting. Level four sales. Yeah. I would put that one oh, yeah. earlier. Why level four? I know. Me and Alex Hermosi talked about this yeah, as yeah. well. Why level four? Because most entrepreneurs ROI wise, they are the best salesperson for their business. Mm -hmm. So buying back the time to give that to somebody else that's gonna have a lower reduced win rate mm. or be ability to sale is not an efficient use of resource creation, which is what sales is. Anything in business that increases your resources, time, energy, money, when you're starting off, the person who can create the most resources is the winner. Yeah. So money wise, dollar bills, I want the CEO to hold on to sales until they bought back the administrative task the fulfillment task, mm -hmm. the marketing stuff, and then dollar wise, uh, the cost of a good salesperson, right? Yep. Six figures, et cetera, yep. OT on target earnings. Then you you train somebody else. At that point, you'll have enough volume to be able to give them a playbook. Mm -hmm. So you can't just start off and be like, I don't wanna do that, somebody else do sales. Again, there's, no, there's not enough marketing. That's why I put it after marketing because I know what happens if you hire a sales rep and you're not ready. In six months, you're either gonna fire or they're gonna quit. They're yeah. gonna, you're gonna fire them because they're not hitting their numbers because they don't have enough at-bats. Yep. So they have enough, they don't, Leads yeah. yeah. Yep. Or you're gonna fire them because they're not, they're they're gonna quit because they're not making enough money. Mm. Yep. So that's why it's number four. And number five, then it's leadership. Then it's looking at your company and the different functions and saying, I'm gonna buy back a lot of my time calendar because right now I have eight direct reports or five. Yep. I need one. Yeah. So instead of having three people report to you, you hire somebody that leads a team or you anoint somebody as a leader. Mm -hmm. Now you have one. And, and that's how you literally, what I love about level four of having sales, at that point, I call it the freedom level. You have somebody out there generating opportunities, somebody mm -hmm. having the yeah. conversation with the opportunities, enrolling those people into your world, 
and onboarding those customers while you are sleeping, while you're on vacation. Yep. It's it's four hires away from you living the freedom the life freedom that you've, level, yeah. you've been wanting. Yep. But if you do it out of any other sequence, your results are your responsibility. Yep. I can't guarantee it. Geez, I, the, while you're talking about this, I'm thinking all about my company here at Fun Launch. We are right there. And uh, I actually wanted to test that freedom level uh, a few months ago. So I went on a, about a month vacation around the world, which is really fun. Came back. Sounds fun. We've had a few hiccups along the way. So I just stepped in, I'm, I'll just be transparent, as the president of sales um, to lead our sales floor. Our marketing, I think that level three marketing is, we're cranking out tons of leads. We're resetting up our sales team. And right now we're actually at that level five. We're rebuilding our leadership team as yeah. well right now. Um, we had good people and we've just people, some people move on or have quit or gone to other jobs or whatever. We have to replace yeah. and move and kind of fix it. But it's, I love that you're saying that. It's like, I'm like, this is real and real time. I actually love what you built out. It's not just theory for us. It's like, we're on that right now. Oh, it's just so cool. Yeah. Some people have to go back and rebuild yeah. some people. They hire a COO and they really should have hired an executive assistant. Like yeah, it's fascinating yeah. to watch, but yeah, sometimes they got to let people go to rebuild from the bottom or whatever it is. Um, switching gears. I love yeah. reading people's Twitters. And then I, I saw what I'm going to do is read some of your tweets oh, back yay. to you. And I want to hear. I love, it's your, my stream of consciousness. Is that? Okay, outlet. good. Yeah. yeah I, I looked at your tweet. I'm like, man, this guy's always on here. So yeah. I love it. I want to read some of these back to you and I want to get your take. Okay. Yeah. Um, no one has ever become poor by giving. Mm. Man, this is spiritual for me. Mm. This is. I think um, most people confuse financial wealth with being rich. And I just don't agree. Mm -hmm. I think a rich life has nothing to do with the dollars in your bank account. It has to do with your perspective. And the thing that's going to allow somebody to feel rich is actually by the amount they give. And nobody that shows up every day to help other people be successful has ever felt poor. Mm 